Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. means it's 104 on SENZ Summer Days and it's time for Mount Rushmore. John and I come up with some wacky and crazy idea to find out the best ofs of all sorts of things. What was it last week? What did we do last week? I can't remember last week <laughs> at all. That's, yeah, that's probably because you had that rather boozy 40th it was in a Lake Carter It's 40th season and every like I've like and, and was karaoke king with Whitney Houston. Yeah, I, I want to dance, dance with somebody. somebody. Um, yeah, like 21st, you think's massive. And then you go to 30th, and you're like, whoa, they're big. And then you go to 40th, and holy moly, they are even next See, level. So, okay, so I've I've had a 50th. I, I, I didn't do 50. I hate I hate birthdays. I hate birthdays. I hate, well, I hate my birthdays because it means I'm getting older. No. You know, I'm on the wrong side of 50. You, you don't know? like being a silver fox, Stephen? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I don't know. I think it, there, there comes a point in time when you have to accept your age. Not there yet. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's well, leave it. At let's that. go for our top, top four captains today. Yeah, this is this was a tough one. Yes, uh, because my thinking when it came to team captains, right, was my time. Who had affected me, or who had stood out to me as a captain? So for me, it was about a pers- personal. It was personal. Yeah. What about you? And with, yeah, same thing because um, I was thinking globally, and then I couldn't really think of anyone globally because the people I respect around the world are a lot of individual sports, like Formula One drivers, like golfers, um, mm. uh, and even and basketball like, teams. Yeah, kind of well, they, in the yeah. NBA and stuff. You're like, who's the actual captain? Yeah, and they have about twenty five captains in the NFL. You know, or three or four yeah. team captains. So uh, I'm looking internally a lot of the time. Completely. So a lot of my favourite captains are New Zealanders. And number four on my Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of captains, I guess some people would call him a skipper, but a skipper and a captain are probably the same thing. And this is him after his glorious moment in 1995 winning the America's Cup. The absence of the Commodore, uh, what challenges Royal New Zealand has received up till now? No, I, I can't at the moment. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm um, not really fit to tell you anything right now. <laughs> Which I hope, which I hope is understandable. No. Very understandable. <laughs> Sir Peter Blake, he'd had a couple of bubbles after winning the America's yeah. Cup five nil. Um, 
Yeah, yeah that, in 1995. That, that, that's an interesting call, actually, when you think about captains, skippers, leaders. Just such a leader. Um, all that wit bred around the world and then the America's Cup and then just the kind of um, humanitarian, well, not humanitarian, and but going round on the water on the... the that, that all aluminium uh, boat through the Amazon where he sadly, yeah. sadly lost his lost life. Lost his life and, to, and, 20 years ago, just uh, December gone. So just gone 20 years since Sir Be- Peter Blake was murdered on the Amazon. So I think, I think, I think if, he, if he was looking down, he'd look at what the America's Cup has become and how Emirates Team New Zealand have uh, been an, an enormous part of here. I feel like the legacy that he left was certainly a strong with one. With those red socks. The red, Who could forget you, the do, red socks? Do you know, even with the last cup, the red socks came out, people were still bringing out the old red socks. There, yeah. was, there are a lot of, shall we say, people of that generation still wanting to think that the red socks are, are like a talisman yes. going forward with exactly. the America's Cup. With those ticker tape parades, and he was the guy. He was the star. He mm. was the hero. He was the leader of that team. So for me, goes down as one of my top four captains of all time. <clears throat> so you'll be surprised that I have two rugby players in my... In I said I have two rugby players. I thought I heard that. Yeah, I know, right, I know, okay. I know. You, I know you're staggered, but for me, and it was a hard one. But when I when I looked at the name, I went. Yeah. So so for me, when looking at my captains, <clears throat> humble, lead by example, not necessarily flashy. So those were you know you yep. took around my key points, and for me, and this guy also likes New Zealand because I think he's got a still got a place in Papamoa. Uh, Martin Johnson. Martin Johnson and England staying composed here. Wilson still in place for the drop goal. Australia come back. Here it is for Johnny. Has he done it? He sure has. And England has joined Sir Ralph Ramsey's Immortals of 1966. He wasn't able to, he'd blown the whistle and then you realise, and you know, you take a pause and go, okay, he's blown the whistle, is that it? You're denying yourself. The f- you're not even thinking about winning the World Cup. Don't think about winning the World Cup. That's nice, isn't it? I have to say, I know that it's obvious that we've won the World Cup, but at that moment, it wasn't obvious straight away. You just think we've won the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and we were just relieved. And, and it's, there's, that's... George, a nice bloke, shake his hand, and you know that's what you do at the end of a game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And not, I not, I always wanted to not be too, you know, in people's faces when you've won. Not be going, chief. We've won. No, but it's you know, there's, that's the game. Is the game is about respect, and you know, there's only ever two emotions: there's agony or ecstasy. And so that was Martin Johnson, Lauren, Lawrence Delalia talking about their win with Johnny Wilkins and Mr. Drop Goal, helped them to win the 2003 World Cup against Australia. And I think in that one moment where he talked about. It's all about not going off and like like a rubbing crank, in another people's rub, faces, but, but going up and having a handshake, yeah. just, just shaking someone's hand, saying "Thanks, mate, great game." For me, epitomises what captains should be about. I, I, I must say that I was I was wavering somewhat in that area. Yep. To put Simon Mannering in that same category, right? Yep. But Simon, sadly for him, didn't win any, win anything, if you know yeah, what I mean. I do know what you mean. And, man, it was sad because as, even a non-Warriors fan, I wanted Simon Mannering to take a contract somewhere else well, he was offered to the, win he, a premiership. He, he was hunted by the Broncos before he signed that, I think, his final last yeah. one. And the Broncos were desperate to have him. But he was, he was again, 
no fuss, hated doing media, but constantly led by example. He was he was a machine yeah. who didn't want the plaudits. No, he d- doesn't like doing media at all. Um, <laughs> he was, hates it, mate, doesn't he? Was te- he? He was terrible. But Martin Johnson, that's a that's a good selection. Okay, thank I you. endorse that. Oh, oh, why? Why? Thank you. Because it's rugby. That's right. Exactly. You, you still needed staggered. some affirmation. You're still staggered. Okay. I am. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, number three for me. This guy just. Some like uh, you want a captain that you will go to war with. That you like if they tell you to do something, you do it because you believe in them that much. Um, I just uh, I found this guy staggering. Just every time you thought his career was over or he wasn't good enough, he just gave you more and more. And this is just him talking about what it meant to play in front of crowds that didn't like him and did like him. To play in front of a crowd really gets the juices flowing. Um, anytime you get into a hostile crowd, that's what I like, you know, and that's what you live for as a as a competitor. Um, same as when you come home and you know that everybody's behind you, you know, and it's packed, everybody's yelling, everybody's cheering every time your team scores or, you know, does a good play defensively, you know. That's something that gets adrenaline rushing and um, that's something as a player you love to have. And I'm just playing my little Casio keyboard in behind that as well. I'm Mick Vicona. <laughs> Mick Vicona, what a man. Uh, through the glory years of the breakers, sensational. And even through the bad times, sensational. And for the tall blacks, just picked himself up over and over again. Dogged by knee injuries, so, so much tape, bandages, but it didn't matter. Mick Vicona told his coach, I am going into that game and I am playing. I think there was one game for the breakers where they said, don't, this could be career over for you if you play this game. And he said, I'm playing this game. It's a playoff game. I'm in there. And he's just just an amazing New Zealander, I think, and definitely deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore for captains. Well, it's snap as far as you and I go. It's snap. You got Micker as well. He was my number three as well, having interviewed on numerous occasions when uh, doing the, the Breakers show. And again, I think the one word that epitomized Mika Vakona not the fact that he was an enormously talented leader naturally. He wasn't the sort of leader that had to work at it from where I saw. He was a natural born leader. Yeah. He was always respectful. Always respectful. Yeah. He would never say, oh God, do I have to do this interview? You know, I've got so much. No. He would say, yep, when do you want to do it? Okay, we do it now. Right, that's fine. But the one word that epitomizes Mika Vakona is selfless. Yep. To a T. So I'm happy to share Mika Vakona is our number three on Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Right up there. What a dude. Mm. Um, a, my, yeah, yeah, a dude. Yeah, yeah. a dude. A great dude. Um, uh, this next person isn't a dude. It's a woman. <laughs> uh, and just has been an incredible leader, a great modern leader, um, a real poster woman for women's sports. And I just think we got to know her and got to love her a lot last year. There's so much going on in oh. I'm just uh, so happy. I love you, Mum. I love you so much. How on was for you? And I am just so grateful to be a part of the best team in the world. Um, man, our team has been for a lot in five years and we're bringing home a gold medal for New Zealand and I cannot be more proud. Sarah Harini, captain of the Black Fern Sevens. Um, 
just amazing. And she'll never say it, but all her teammates do, don't they, Stephen? And oh, the coaches, God, yes. every time you talk to them, they just go, wow, this woman is something else. And you've got to take their word for it. We could talk about the Blackfern Sevens for half an hour comfortably. Yeah. And having, again, I've said this before, having been, you know, had the, the, the blessing of being on, on air and hosting when they won that sevens and having uh, two world champions with me and uh, understanding more than anything that in the Black Fern Sevens environment, when we talk culture, they mean culture. And it's, it's this, this accountability to look after each other but also be accountable for your own decisions and performances individually. And when, what do they call a gossy? They call a gossy. Yeah, she yeah. was Sarah, Sarah Goss, Goss, right? And going through was she losing her mother, you know, that yeah. year, and yeah. then going on and leading a team, in a, which was a, a, a tough environment. I don't think any of us understood, not being in Tokyo, how tough it was to run an Olympics because we all thought it was going to be canned, and then they had to go and deal with it. Yeah. But then also to have to lead a team that was under pressure to reverse what happened in Rio, that silver medal. They, they were burning, yeah. absolutely burning with desire to win that gold. And to lead a team like that, have your own personal adversity to deal with, yet still be a shining light for those other women... Yeah. Can't, I can't disagree with you. To be unbackable favourites as well. Uh, like, everyone was just expecting them to win. And there were stutters along the way uh, mm. during that campaign. Was it Great Britain? Did they stumble against yeah. Great Britain? Yeah, it was just like, oh. Was that the Ruby Tui moment when we, she said there's not, not enough, enough hand sanitizer in Tokyo to clean up that, that performance? Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, just so so many stories in that team. And just Sarah Hidani epitomised just how brilliant they were and brought that uh, team together and brought a nation together during the Olympics. So that's why I've got her up there uh, in my top four She's your number two. She's your number two. Just before we go, I'd go to my number two. Uh, Chris has texted in and said, John Mitchell for Waikato, 1990 to 94, won the NPC in 92, took the shield off for the Auckland in 1993. Yeah, not bad. John Mitchell's John- a guy who gets lambasted yeah. for the World Cup in 2003 and not picking Christian <laughs> Cullen, but as a captain... He was, I agree. He was he was solid. Now my so again, shock horror probe. My number two as uh, all time team captains. Don't really know the bloke. Interviewed him once at a Halleberg Awards. I did a, prof- a function for him two years ago at a Mercedes dealership because he and his wife are sponsored by Mercedes. Lucky bugger. <laughs> uh, but then someone said to me, "Look, I know you don't watch a lot of footy." But watch this guy. Watch him for a season and watch what he does. Watch how he leads. And then when he turned down a knighthood, that's when I said, yes, this man has to be in the top four. Richie, you said the first time that you became an all-black, you didn't want it to end. After 148 tests and two Rugby World Cups, do you now call it a day? I still don't want it to end, to be honest. Um, Look at the moment... I'm still part of this team. I'm going to enjoy today, and you know, how could you get enough of this? So, uh, we'll worry about that after today. I just want to enjoy uh, playing or having played a wonderful World Cup final here with a great bunch of men, and uh, I'm just so proud of being able to wear this jersey again today. And uh, I don't think you ever have enough of it. And uh, if you get moments like this, why would you ever uh, call it a day? Well, that's a snap for me, Stephen, because of course he's my number one, uh, okay. and, and not a born leader like Mika Vakona. 
I think he was made into a leader because he was the best player in the All Blacks. And I think at the age of 24, 25, he became captain of the All Blacks, which is a big deal for a young guy, and then stayed there for eight seasons. <coughs> uh, got through the 2007, which made him the captain that he became in 2011 and 2015. Played with a broken foot through 2011 and was just outstanding in 2015 and didn't want to make that moment about himself. Oh, yeah, I'm retiring. Here I am after a World Cup final. Perfect time to retire. Nah, that's not Richie McCaw's style. All about him and the all about the boys, all about the team. And, you know, I've, I've used this analogy over and over again. But again, Tom Brady has always said, you know, no one is above the team. That's, you know, the team is everything. And and when they decided to offer him a, a knighthood for winning the World Cup, the fact that he turned it down, I thought, was the right time and a long time for, you know, certain sports people feel that they it's an honour and a privilege and that's great. But you just knew that team ethos was still running through Richie McCaw's head that it's not about me because I have been involved in a team game. Yep. So why should I, you know, have this wonderful honour bestowed on me uh, when I was just a member of the team? Sure, I was the leader. But again, you know, and, and the embodiment of that, I think, is really important. And, yep. and it, was a t- it was a time too, really, wasn't it, when, when the, the ethos in that, that all-black camp was incredibly strong. Oh, absolutely, and not even letting your teammates wear coloured boots. Like, that's how old school he was. He's just like, black boots only, fellas. We don't stand out. We're all the same here. You know, like, it's not about being showy. It was like Brady and, and you know, the man in the arena. We run out as a team because a lot of teams, the majority of teams, individually announce their starters. Yeah. He said, no, 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 no. No, none we, of that. When I, if I'm leading this team, this is how we roll. So he so, was your, yep, he's my number he's two. He's my number one. So my top four... Peter Blake, Sarah Hidini, Mika Vakona, and Richie McCaw. You have got Martin Johnson, Mika Vakona, Richie McCaw, and... Play, the, play the audio. All right. Came back. I had my knee injury. My first training session, it was raining. It was freezing cold. I'm like a schoolboy, you know, first day at school in my new gear. And there's a couple, couple of Māori boys on the hill going, Steve Price. Oh, hey, boys. <laughs> You're a Bulldogs captain, eh? And I go, yeah, yeah, Bulldogs captain. Oh, you just won the comp, eh? And I said, yeah, yeah, won the comp. Oh, you just play with that Sonny Bill Williams, eh? I said, yeah, yeah, play with Sonny Bill. He's an amazing player. Oh, you sign with the Warriors? And I said, yeah, yeah, sign with the Warriors. That's sort of why I'm here in a Warriors shirt. <laughs> oh, man, I wish they had a sign Sonny Bill Williams instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> How good's that? <laughs> that is brilliant. So, having been having been in rugby league for twenty odd years, twenty five ish odd years, and had been with the following the Warriors from the get go, for me, they'd never had a skipper that inspired not just the team, but inspired the fans. And Steve Price was the he was almost the perfect captain. He would do interviews at the drop of a hat. Some would criticise him for that, but he knew that part of the deal of being a captain was A, performance, and we always knew he'd post great numbers. That's because he always took the first hit up. But he was also very strong. He would he would play regular season footy consistently. He was obviously the first man picked. Then he would go and play Origin, come back if he was okay, and he'd beat people up in Origin too, right? Yeah. Then he would come back and play for the Warriors. And for me the most discerning moment of his captaincy of how Warriors fans fell in love with him 
was that great night that we've already talked about earlier on today. That Friday night footy, Warriors-Roosters semi-final. And he comes, and they, they were still running out of the tunnel then. And he walks out of the tunnel. And as soon as people spot him, he's going to do the coin toss. There is a standing ovation yeah. as he walks around the ground to do the coin toss. Yes, there was a lot of emotion charged because they're in the finals, but it wasn't about that. Yeah. It was about that their leader had helped get them to this point. Yeah. So for me, he has, to this point in their history, always been the most charismatic and strongest leader when it comes to being the total package. Absolutely. So he, he is my number one, Martin Johnson, Mika Vakona, Richie McCaw, and Steve Price. And Steve Price. Yeah. It's, uh, what, did, what did Brian say? No, it's not Darren Lockyer. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like our top four, Stephen. I think we've done well. Well, we can pat ourselves on the back. There might be many others that people think are a little bit different. But I think both of us being in the media game and being allowed to talk to these people you get an indication pretty quickly who's hot and who's not and whether people are actually built to be leaders. See, Simon Mannering wasn't necessarily built to be a leader. He hated, as we say, he wasn't the total package. Yeah. But if you played with him, you knew that it was like that old that old cliche, you know, I'd rather have him in the trenches beside me than anyone else because, you know, he would, he'd, he'd put himself in front of you. So that is our Mount Rushmore on this Tuesday here on SCNZ Summer Days.